0: Fellowship Church, my name is Nate Skipper, and we are so glad that you have come to worship with us this morning. Whether you come this morning full of gratitude or overcome with heartache, full of hope or weighed down by some despair, full of faith or wrestling with doubts in some mysterious way, we believe that Christ has called us here to this place or to our virtual space uh, to worship this morning. Christ, the one in whom the God of heaven has made his home on earth. Christ, the one who dwells among us and is one with us. Highest of all creation, he lives among the least. He journeyed with the rejected and welcomes the weary. So come all who thirst and drink from the water of life. Come now all who hunger and be filled with good things. Come now all who seek and be warmed by God's love. Let us stand to sing to that God of love.
1: We are a our of voices, we are an ocean of your praise gathered under one name we are a tide that's rising and we can Cross where sin was slain Gathered under one name Where every chain is broken And every sorrow swept away Gathered under
2: seated. Even as we, as we have just sung of God's unchanging love and that we are prone to wander, it seems appropriate that we would come to God in confession this morning, as we do every week. Um, as, a, as a body of gathered believers, we don't pretend to have it all together. In honesty and rooted in God's unchanging, faithful love for us, we are free to be open and honest about the ways that we are broken and that this world is broken and in sin. So this morning we're actually going to weave our prayer of confession in with this next song. So we invite you to sing and then as words are prayed with music underneath to just ponder how God might be speaking to your heart. Where those words resonate with you, offer them back to God. Ask him to take your heart and seal it as we do this together.
1: What wondrous love is this oh my soul oh my soul what wondrous love is this oh my soul what wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul to
2: showed us true humility by becoming one of us, yet too often we practice pride. You cried alongside your friends and for the city of Jerusalem, yet too often we rush past the pain of others and are careless about our cities. You loved those who were weak, despised, or cast out, yet too often we love those who are strong, respected, or popular. You freely forgave and healed, yet too often we hold grudges and cause pain. Let's sing together when I was sinking down. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down When
1: I was sinking down, sinking down When I was sinking down beneath my sorrow's ground Christ laid aside His crown
3: You prayed that we who believe in you should be united with each other and you. Yet too often we focus on the differences that separate us from other believers. You were mocked, whipped, and even killed for us. Yet too often we deny you. You call us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Yet too often we blend into or hide from our culture. Forgive us, Lord so that we will shine with your glory amen
2: Let's sing to God and to the lamb, to God and to the lamb. I will sing, I will sing. Thank you. every week we recite our mission statement. If you have been at fellowship for any time at all, I'm sure you've heard it several times. I wonder if this morning we could like take a stab at saying it together. Does that seem possible? Do you think we could? (laughs) Okay. Sorry, I didn't warn you of this so you could prepare, but we'll begin it together. Uh, Our mission is to love Love God God and others as An accepting community centered centered in Christ, focused on developing developing faithful faithful followers of of Jesus. Jesus. Nicely done. Give yourselves a round of applause. (laughs) We seek to live out that mission, not just to recite it, but it really does help us uh, frame everything and um, guide everything we do throughout the week. So we just want to take a moment in our worship, it is part of our worship, to connect as a community um, and talk about what's going on in our community life. So I have a few announcements for you. Uh, One is that our Word of the Week last week is up on the gallery wall now. Shout out to the Heisman girls who submitted the Word of the Week and it was voted on. Identity. So if you didn't get a chance to hear uh, Reverend Marlon Viss's sermon last week, you might want to check that out. You can still check it out online. But this morning, as you are listening to the songs, the prayers, and the sermon, um, be thinking about what word you might use to describe kind of what the theme is today or what God might be speaking to your heart, and let us know what that is. you win a five dollar gift card to captain sunday if your word gets chosen so a little bit of ice cream before the summer ends um next uh sunday actually speaking of the summer ending we are having our final outdoor worship service it's going to be one service at 9 30 a.m so don't show up at 8 30 don't show up at 9 don't show up at 10 30 i mean you want it you want 9 30 <laughs> uh, bring your own chair we'll be doing it right out here on the is this the south or north North, you know, I'm ch- directionally yeah, yeah, challenged. Yeah, I There's the north side of the parking lot. We'll be doing, um, you know, gathering out there. So bring a chair to sit in so that you can be comfortable. And if you are not comfortable being in person or sitting outside, we can still um, have you join us online. We'll be live streaming that service at 930, the same way that you access our other live stream services. Um, and then two weeks from today, we're actually having a hymn sing in the evening, 630 p.m. in the sanctuary, followed by an ice cream social. Um, and this is for all ages. Uh, you can request hymns at the service, or you can email me ahead of time, which would be really fun, because then we have a chance to kind of practice them a little bit. But also, what we really want to know is why you love the hymns that you love. And, and if there's a story or a meaningful moment in your faith walk um, that you can share with us, it would be lovely to sing those hymns and share in each other's stories that evening. So we'll um, have a good time together with that. And then also on that same Sunday, August 29th, Following the 10.30 a.m. service, we are having a prayer walk. You can meet right outside at the bell tower right out here, and it's for hand-to-hand and Kids Hope uh, Ministries. As the school year begins, we want to just bathe that in prayer. So that's two weeks from today, August 29th, following the second service. Um, We also want to let you know to be in prayer these next couple weeks as Meetup and eat-up starts again. It starts tomorrow and goes for two more, two weeks for those who are at Pine Acres Apartments. So let's remember to keep that uh, ministry in prayer. And um, if you can help with that, I'm sure uh, Karen Donker can can help uh, point you to where you can help with that. But at least um, continue to pray for that ministry as we seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. Um, At this time, uh, as we kind of pivot towards the moment where we hear God's word preached, um, we rely on the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. Um, I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing this next song and invite our kids who are ages three through seven to head to children and worship in the atrium. Let's stand and sing together.
1: Sound, rushing wind, fire of God, fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent, turn from sin, revival, embers, smoke. fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. So we the church
0: this morning we welcome to our pulpit someone that really needs no little introduction, but we couldn't just pass it up. So this morning we have Bryce Vanderstelt, who is our Minister of Youth and Young Adults, who I'm sure uh, all of our teenagers know, but some of the older folks might not know, like me, 40-year-old, might not know him as well. Bryce has been here for seven years. I find it kind of, that, that, first off, that is a feat for a youth pastor, which is the aver, average tenure is like 18 months. And second, how fitting is it that last week we had the Reverend JB who's been here for 40 years, uh, which is a holy number, uh, you know, the 40, 40, 40-day 40 series that we did a little while ago. And this week, number seven years for J... Uh, for, JB for Bryce. Bryce. Uh, hi, Bryce. I'm here. Nate. Yes, nice to meet you. Yeah, uh, um, to have Bryce here uh, after being here for seven years. We are so grateful, Bryce, uh, that you're willing to bring the word. Bryce is a graduate of Northwestern College. He is the husband to Aaron and the father to Rose and Juliet and Barnaby. But what you might not know about Bryce is, A, he sometimes wheels into a church on a one-wheel scooter going like this. And second thing you might not know is that Bryce is actually one semester, one semester away from finishing at Western Theological Seminary with his Masters of Divinity. Give it up. Bryce, you are not only uh, equipped for this uh, because of your education, but more importantly uh, for your uh, steadfast love uh, for the students and for the people of Fellowship Church and also for the ways in which God has gifted and equipped you for this. So we are excited to hear uh, God's word from you this morning. Let's pray for Bryce and for all of us as we hear God's word. God, we thank you uh, for Bryce Vanderstelt, for who you have made him to be by nature and by grace. We pray that you might be with him now as he brings your word to us this morning. May you be with us and our hearts that we might be able to hear you and receive what you might be saying to us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Give it up for Bryce Vanderstelt, my friends.
3: So I had one request when I said this is my first time preaching. I said, give me the scripture about two months early so that I have some time to prepare Uh, which they did, which was very nice of them. But that also means that for two months I've been sitting with the scripture that we're going to read this morning, and it's a good one, as most scripture is. But I'm excited to talk about it with people and not just in here alone as I rehearse it. So this will be a good experience. Uh, If you're following along, our scripture this morning is from Luke 7. It's starting at verse 36. It's a little bit of a longer verse. We're going verses 36 to 50, but it's a story. So please follow along with me. A sinful woman forgiven. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, He said to himself, "If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what kind of woman this is. She that she this is that who is touching him. That she is a sinner." Jesus spoke up and said to him, "Simon, I have something to say to you, teacher." He replied, "Speak." A certain creditor has two debtors. One owed him five hundred denarii; the other owed him fifty. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts of both of them. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one to whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. She has bathed my feet in her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence she has shown great love, but the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The word of the Lord. When I was 12 years old, my dad pulled out his 1975 Yamaha Chappie moped. I have a picture of something that looks just like it. And to a 12-year-old me, this thing might as well have been a Harley Davidson, right? I said, once he got it going, he was going to give us the chance to ride around our yard. So my brother got on it, he rode around for a little bit, and then it was my turn. I remember kicking my legs over and sitting on the moped and feeling the rumble between my legs, and my dad saying to me, Bryce, do you need me to explain how this works? I very confidently said, nope, I've got this. Uh And my dad, yeah, exactly. And my dad dad stepped away for some reason, uh, and I pulled back on the throttle, because I at least knew that much, and I took off, and for about 30 feet, I was cruising. Again, wind in my hair, easy rider. And at the end of 30 feet, I ramped up the wood pile in our backyard of firewood, and the moped, as it went halfway up the wood pile, then fell onto its side and onto me, My dad quickly ran up, lifted the moped off, and I stood up and quickly retreated into the house, into my room, and into my own shame, right? I thought, the the funny thing is, I wasn't being, well, I was maybe overly confident, but I was very confident in myself. I wasn't lying to my dad that I thought that I knew how to ride this moped. Problem was I was just missing some basic knowledge and details like steering, braking, things that would have been helpful. In the story from Luke, there's a Pharisee named Simon. Now, Simon is, as a Pharisee, I'm going to simplify Pharisees a little bit, but Simon is someone that would have really liked rules. He knew all the rules that God had for God's people, and there's this idea for Simon that if I just followed the rules, then I'm good with God. This is how I'm going to live my life. So he invites Jesus to dinner, and Jesus accepts the invitation sometimes jesus speaks negatively of pharisees but from these verses we have no reason to believe that there's a problem between the two he invites it and we know that jesus never turns down an invitation to a good meal so he shows up and then comes the sinful woman the third kind of main character in our small one-act play of a scripture and the sinful woman's an odd way to talk about someone right if you and i were at a party on a friday night You invited me over, we're having dinner, and the door opens and Pastor Nate walks in, and I lean over to you and I say, look, the sinful man has arrived. (laughs) Which we might say, because we all know how we view Pastor Nate, but that's not, (laughs) Nate won't let me preach again. (laughs) I lost my shot. But it would be an odd way, if I said, look, the sinful man has arrived, I would be doing two things. One, I would be telling you that the way that I view Nate is by his sins, his identity comes from the worst things that he's done, And I'm also doing another thing where if he's the sinful man, then I'm not, right? So as Simon says, the sinful woman is here. He's saying this person is identified by all that she has done wrong, and we're all the good people here at dinner with Jesus. So it's this setup. On one side, we have the sinful woman, disrespected by society, probably called the sinful woman because she was likely a prostitute, low means. And on this other side, we have the very opposite end of the spectrum. We have respected religious leader that people look up to. And right in the middle is Jesus, who, by the end of this interaction, is going to teach both sides something new about themselves and about God. Let's talk about music. We were all just singing together, so I feel like we're adequately equipped to talk about this subject together. I've asked Steve to hang out. He's not just hanging out up here because he's good looking. He's hanging out because I've asked him to. And you know, sometimes I think that music has a way to speak to us in a way that words don't. So I'd like to play a little something for you. Uh, Again, here we go. Two, three. Now, if you were thinking that that sounds really bad, you would be correct. Partly this might be due to the fact that I am an amateur guitar player, but mostly I think it has to do with the fact that I've randomly tuned the tuning knobs all over the place. This guitar is very out of tune. Now imagine with me, we're going to imagine a couple of things this morning, but imagine that we live in a town, in a town where we've never seen a guitar, we've never really heard that much music before. If I show up and say to you all, hey, here's a guitar, this is what it's supposed to sound like, you guys might believe me. In fact, over time, we might even start to think, oh, that sounds pretty good. Bryce is getting better at that guitar. But then one day, eventually, Steve comes in, and Steve is from Guitarsville. And Guitarsville, they make guitars. They tune guitars. They spend all their time playing guitars. And he hears the monstrosity of what I'm playing. And he says, wait, 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 wait. You guys are doing this completely wrong. And he tunes the guitar and makes it sound better. And it sounds something like this. Beautiful. Thank you, Steve. Right, so in the beginning, you weren't too far off. You had the guitar, you had strings on it. I was even holding it right. But until we had the full picture of how a guitar was supposed to be tuned, this guitar was never going to live up to what it was meant to be, right? Back in our story, I think that Simon's Faith guitar is out of tune. Again, he has some of the right components. He has these rules of God. He knows God. He knows that he has to spend a lot of time following God and trying to tell others about God. But he's missing some key components like humility, forgiveness, love. Jesus senses this, so Jesus starts to retune Simon by telling him a parable. There's two debtors. One owes 500, one owes 50. Who do you think is more thankful who do you think has more love for the forgiver and simon who i almost feel sounds like he thinks that jesus is asking him a trick question cuz he goes i suppose the one who owes 500 and jesus is like yes it's not a trick question of course it's the one who owes 500 and then there's this inter- then there's this interaction that catches me every time i read the scripture it says jesus turns to the woman and talks to simon he turns to the woman and talks to Simon. There's something that Simon should be hearing in this interaction. And he says, do you see this woman? Which, by the way, this woman crashed Simon's party. So I'm sure that Simon has seen this woman. And he may even think at this moment that Jesus is going to take the opportunity to lay into her, to start calling her out. That's not what happens. Jesus says, do you see this woman? When I showed up at your house, you didn't have any water for my feet but she's bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. When I showed up, you didn't greet me with a kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. When I showed up to your house, you didn't anoint my head with oil, but she's anointed my feet with expensive perfume. You see, she has shown much love because she has been forgiven much. Now, if you're Simon over here, who we don't get to hear from again, I imagine it feels a little bit like ramping a moped into a wood pile, right? Right? You thought you knew what was what, and suddenly you're starting to realize, maybe I was off. Maybe I was missing something. But Jesus but Jesus looks at the woman and says, you are forgiven much. I think that Simon is starting to learn from Jesus in this moment that maybe he's starting to spend too much of his time focused on the sins of other people. Maybe Simon is spending all of his time worrying about what other people are doing, trying to call other people out for their wrongs without actually looking at himself. Again, when Jesus says, do you see this woman? I think it's a rhetorical question. Simon hasn't stopped seeing this woman since she walked into the room. Have you ever judged another person's sins without looking at your own? rhetorical question like jesus we all have done that right some of us have done that far more than we like to share with others i think in jesus parable the problem is that we often like to think of ourselves as the person who only owes 50 right because where in life is it better to owe more to someone see we don't like owing too much to other people and we don't like owing too much to god we know that we have to ask god for forgiveness but we don't want to ask god for too much forgiveness right because every time that we have to apologize and believe me my daughters will tell you as they just did last night when i said you have to apologize they hate doing it i think her exact words were i hate apologizing we hate looking at what we've done wrong we hate going to god for forgiveness because to ask for forgiveness we have to think about what we've done wrong first but in jesus parable he flips, things, uh, he flips things upside down. He says, no, that actually, the one who owes more is the beneficiary of more forgiveness and more grace. And you know what comes out of that? More love. She has more love in her heart because she has received more forgiveness. In this case, owing more is a good thing. See, in my guitar over here, when it is in tune, I hate putting new strings on it. Because every time I put a new string on, you have to add tension in order to make it sound right. And a lot of times I'll put it on, I'll kind of wind it like this, half expecting the string to snap. But eventually, if the right amount of tension is added, it makes a beautiful note, as Steve showed us. But I feel the same way when I have to admit my sins to God, when I come to God and express my own, ask for forgiveness every time. It's like, God, I'm sorry I wasn't loving here. Add some tension. God, I'm sorry that I said this thing or didn't say this thing. Add some tension. And eventually, as we keep adding up our sins, it can feel like we're going to snap. Maybe we Feel like we should snap? Maybe we feel like if we keep acknowledging our sins, that God's the one that's going to snap us and say, never mind, you're too much. But in this parable, Jesus says, I'm not going to break you, I'm going to stretch you. And eventually, if you go through this process, you're going to sing a beautiful note of worship to me, like this woman is doing here. See, the woman in this story, we don't know what it is, but she has had some type of experience with Jesus. Maybe she's heard a teaching. Maybe she's seen a healing. Maybe she knows someone who has experienced Jesus. But something has brought her to this place and this time. Even though when she goes into the room, she knows full well that people don't want her there. She will not be accepted by this group of people. But she says, No, it's important that I am here because I need to be by Jesus. I imagine she didn't have much wealth. The alabaster jar was probably one of the most expensive things that she owned. But she brings that physically, she brings her whole self in front of jesus she brings her what she owns in front of jesus because she's so filled with love because she realizes i am forgiven for my sins and i think that while jesus is teaching simon a lesson jesus is speaking parables i think this woman is giving simon a gift simon is getting the gift of what it looks like to humble yourself by looking at this woman simon might be starting to get it i want to say maybe you're someone here today that I think a lot of us easily identify with Simon, right? Don't want to apologize, don't want to ask for forgiveness. But maybe you're here and you're in a time of life where you identify with the woman, where you're like, I realize I'm sinful and I've had an experience recently with Jesus where I just feel so close to Jesus and I want to lay it all in front of Jesus. And if that's you today, just like the sinful woman, and it feels weird to keep calling her, let's call her like Peggy, all right? If you're like Peggy, It's an example to show to someone, and it's a gift when we show others how much we need Jesus. So if you feel close to Jesus, find a way to show that to someone. I like that in this dinner party situation, you have Jesus in the middle. When he's invited by Simon, he accepts the invitation. Even though he's a Pharisee, even though he might not have it all together, Jesus accepts the dinner invitation. When the woman crashes the party, Jesus isn't mad about it. Instead, Jesus sits and says, I have time for you, too. I want to hear from you. I want to give you forgiveness. Jesus is open to all people who are willing to come before him. But the end of the story leaves me with other questions. So again, I'm going to ask you to imagine some things. What happens after this story? Once she's forgiven, that's the last we hear about her. So something has changed in the woman's heart that someone can't take away, but she leaves. She has no more resources than she had before. Her life may look very similar. If anything, the people who were at the party may look down on her more after tonight's showing. So while there's something inside that changes, a retuning in her own heart, what looks different in her life? And over here with Simon, does Simon just hear all this? Does he really take it in, or does Simon just take it and think, oh, forgiveness, humility, I'll add those to my rule book. I'll use those when it seems helpful to me. And while he has some new knowledge, his life really doesn't look all that different. Or I'd like to propose, again, we're going to imagine an ending together, propose a, in honor of this series instead of a happily ever after ending, we'll call it a reconnecting and rising strong ending. What if Simon actually hears the message that Jesus is teaching him? What if Simon takes this to heart? What if seeing the woman has moved Simon so much that Simon realizes, oh, I need to seek forgiveness. And me and Peggy have had this experience with Jesus, so he goes to Peggy and says, you've given me this gift of showing me what this means, and I actually have resources. I have things that I can share with you, and we could actually be together reminding each other of this experience we both shared with Jesus. And maybe we could go and find other people who have this experience with Jesus, and we can gather together, we could share our resources. Our lives could not just be individually better, but actually all together if we share what we have and remind each other of this experience, we could all have lives that are better all around. This love that we are filled with can go so much farther than just with us. I think that this is a picture that we hopefully have here at Fellowship. When we think of the church, when we think about coming together, we are all different. We all have different experiences, but we are connected by Christ, the experience that we have had with Jesus. We're no longer just good people who are worthy to be with Jesus and sinners who are left on the outside, but we are now all sinful people living out our undeserved grace together. Because love and forgiveness found in Christ retunes us to play a new song for God. and While playing an instrument alone is fun, we all know it's a lot cooler to be part of a band. So, my prayer today is that we would retune our own hearts to God and then come together so that together we can sing a song of worship to our Savior. Amen.
2: Let's do it. Just <laughs> stand and let's sing together. And you are part of the band. <laughs> Bryce, you want to play your auto-tune guitar? No, just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> All right, here we go.
1: so instruction brought us trembling to our knees and we cried like drunken sailors to the only one who hears and the god of comfort took away our fears
2: you clapped whoever started it you're my new favorite person
3: (laughs) i was curious if that's what was going on behind me i was like this isn't normally what we i say that's good (laughs) (laughs) Uh, may you come before christ and experience forgiveness and may you go out this week to live a life filled with love in a world that desperately needs it go in peace